Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast, an audio breakdown of the regulatory barriers to social equity in the cannabis industry by Marijuana Matters. My name is Deanna Benjamin, and I'm your host. Be an ally. Enter into allyship. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard this call to action before. But what does it mean? And what does it mean to show up as an ally in the cannabis space? Well, to be an ally is to lend your privilege to someone who doesn't have it. To care about someone else's burdens as if they were your own. Not because you think you're anyone's savior, or that you have the answers, or you're better than, but because you recognize inequity, inequality, and injustice, along with your own ability to do something about it. It's simple. And it's hard. As for what it looks like, well, that's what we're going to spend the next few episodes exploring through conversations with individuals working in the cannabis space who've taken that call to heart. This is the first conversation in what we're calling our Ally Series, and I had the absolute joy of speaking with Rosie Matteo, founder and CEO of Matteo Communications, an award-winning independent marketing and communications firm serving clients in the cannabis industry. Rosie is, in every sense of the word, a boss, (laughs) and she's got a heart of gold. Keep listening, and you'll hear that for yourself. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, today joining me is Rosie Matteo, who is the founder of Matteo Communications, the preeminent cannabis marketing agency in the U.S. Matteo Communications was ranked number one, um, the number one cannabis PR firm by Green Market Report. So we are, we are speaking with a powerhouse today, um, but we're talking about social equity and um, using the power that we have whoever we are. So Rosie, would you mind telling us about the moment when you realized that social equity was important to you? What what brought you to that realization? I, I mean, you know, I've been in this industry for a very long time um, and sort of been watching how this has been playing out, right? And, you know, as a woman in this space, I'll start that and I started, you know, starting to like care a little bit about like, wow, like they, they keep saying that women are, you know, very well represented in the cannabis space when I was doing this in 2014. They started to see like, that's not really happening anymore, right? And then I started to open my eyes a little bit to sort of look also around the industry and see, wait, is this like a diverse industry? And I started realizing that it was not, right? And I think like a lot of people, the real moment though, where I felt it was obviously last June, you know, I, I hate to say that that's what helped me, you know, see it or last May, like, you know, George Floyd, you know, the consciousness really became there. And I started listening to what everybody was saying and realizing like, wow, mm-hmm. like this is even a bigger problem than I had thought. And, you know, we've had an amazing ride here, you know, at our agency. And there are so many people that are incarcerated for the war on drugs and that we are making money from. And I was like, you know what, I'm embarrassed that it's taken me so long to realize this, but now it's time to spring into action and, you know, uh, and start putting things in place and being the best uh, agency and allies and using our voice and our skill set to start moving things forward. So, you know, while a little bit, I, I'm embarrassed that I was in this industry for so long without realizing how big of an issue it was, but that was really the moment like many. So, you know, sometimes it takes something like so tragic to make it happen, but I'm very proud that, you know, as soon as we started really realizing what was happening, um, it became, it, it, you know, we were really galvanized to start making a change. 
I, I really appreciate your authenticity and that response um, because I think that there are a lot of people who also kind of had that realization last year around this time in response to George Floyd's uh, murder. How did you get past that feeling of embarrassment? Because I mean, really, there are people who are like, I just don't like, they just stop right there and don't aren't willing to keep pushing and and it's, it really is a humbling process, no matter who you are. So how did you get past that? Yeah, so just in terms of personality, like I'm a very action-based person, right? Like I'm a doer, everyone says I'm a doer. So I'm like, you know what? Like when I'm feeling uncomfortable about anything in my life, doing makes me feel comfortable, mm -hmm. right? So we just started doing the work and having conversations and looking around, you know, just looking ourselves in the mirror, you know, pretty hard. Like when I look around, our actually I even actually had this realization now I think about it like around six months earlier it came to MJ BizCon and we submit a lot of our clients to um to these panels so I'm actually going to take a step back so yes that was like a really big moment I was like okay now is like really the time but now I think about it like when it really started my blood started to boil was actually 2019 in November December we were working to get clients paced at MJ BizCon on panels right and they were asking us, well, like, we obviously want diversity on our panels. Um, and they were like, well, who do you have on your client roster? And I looked around of our 30 clients and I was like, shit, everyone looks like me, <laughs> right? And it was like, okay. And then, you know, I started seeing some of the other conferences and started looking around and we realized that we started, obviously we've done this all the time. We went outside our network. We're like, we want to, we want to make sure that if, if we don't have this, you want to get them people. So we started asking around and started trying to find more people in the space that we could put forward for these panels. We just couldn't find them. And I was like, this is insane. Right. And then I started seeing other conferences where they weren't asking us that question. We started asking them those questions. Like, by the way, I just looked at your panel list and there's no woman, there's nobody black, there's nobody brown. Like, how is this possible? And we got actually some backlash from some of these conference coordinators that we were like sort of taking them to task, but it was like, wow, like I couldn't sit still because it, it was just so glaring. Like, how could I not find a person in cultivation to put on this panel? Like, how do I have 55 clients at that point we have 30 and nobody to look forward? So that was one bit. Okay, so come June, you know, so I started thinking about it and we did have some of those conversations probably six months earlier, but then COVID hit and you're all heads down trying to get, you know, your business to like not go out of business, right? right? So it was pretty busy. And then, you know, June happened and we started having these conversations and we took some time to really learn. We reached out to a lot of advocates in the space, people who were doing the work, you know, with National Expunge Week and Let's Prisoner Project and Mary from Canaclusive. And, you know, now we're learning about what you guys have been doing. We're lucky to be working with Cure Leap and Khadijah. So we started having more access to resources who could teach us like what was happening. You know, we wanted to learn and learn and learn and we started doing that. Mm -hmm. And the more you learn, the more you realize like, wow, there is like some real problems here. So where can we be as an agency, like where can we fit in, right? Cause like we have access to companies, we have access to media, we have access to investors. How can we start playing a part? So once we started like learning and doing, um, it just started coming together and realized like, you know, we could donate money, which we've done, we can donate our resources. And then like the more we started getting into the weeds, you realize, okay, we can do things here. And, and that's really just been learning a lot, a lot of learning, a lot of listening. I love that. I love what you said about being just action based and taking that discomfort and using that sort of as fuel to learn and to do because I think, yeah, that's the solution, right? Like you can sit and be uncomfortable and, and or you can actually do something. And it sounds like that's 
um, what you did. And I also love hearing that this has been a process of learning. It wasn't like, oh, one day you were like, okay, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. I, I now know everything that there is to know about being an ally. No, and there's so much I didn't know, right? Yeah. Like I knew that, that, you know, there was like, you know, that the, the failed war on drugs, you know, disproportionately affect the black and brown people. Like that I knew that was a fact, right? And that was always a little uncomfortable for me. But when I started learning about like the systematic racism that like set this up, right? About schooling and housing and all of those things. That's like, wow, this is not even like, this is like really deep rooted. So, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And hopefully like admitting that I didn't know was like, okay, you know, and we learn from it. That's all we can do is learn and be better. Exactly. I, I love that. Cause that, that's just kind of at the core of what this whole series is about. We're talking about allyship. And so in your experience, from what you've seen and um, the, the actions that you've taken, how would you define allyship to someone who's like, I, what does it mean to be an ally? I mean, allyship to me is like listening and empathizing and just trying to put yourself like in those shoes. And then like back to what I was saying is action, right? So like, it's great for me to know. Okay, so now I know. So now what am I going to do? Right. So for us, it's really been uh, being action-based. A few things that we've done that I'm proud of. So, you know, last summer, um, we, you know, we, we, we partnered with Last Prisoner for a while. We've known them a long time. Um, I guess also started learning about it a few years ago. We, uh, we work with Harborside and Steve D'Angelo brought me into the loop there, you know, and we got to know the team over there. Um, so last summer, what did we do as a team? Cause I didn't want it just to be about me is at the team. We uh, did a 120 mile bike ride to raise money, you know, for a last prisoner project. And part of that was like team building and doing something together, but also was like the fundraising part of it and just going out to our networks personally, right? Like going out to our Facebook networks, mm. you know, no one, no one's ever really thought of me as like a social equity ally. And like my, my, you know, my personal community, but they started hearing and people didn't even know what I was talking about. They're like, weren't these people in jail? Why are you like supporting people who are in jail? I'm like, because you don't understand they're, why they're in jail. Like they shouldn't have been there. Like there's, people should not be in jail. So like have, that allowed me at least personally to have these conversations with other people in my life and educate them about what's happening. So that was one thing. And then we started realizing, you know, you know, obviously there was like a lot of like fundraising that was going on like last summer so we did our part to match you know our you know our team is very passionate about it and they've educated me so they had a lot of different issues and causes that were close to them so we matched every donation that and one of our employees did my not even the company my my partner and I personally you know um matched that so we got to learn about other organizations that were doing lots of work in the space so that was a great part of it and then we realized yeah it's always great to like you know funds funds are super important money is needed to do these things but we have a skill set, right? We can help, um, you know, minority business owners get a leg up. Like the work we're doing for these large cannabis companies is work that some of these smaller cannabis companies that are trying to make a name for themselves, get their business growing, that we can do that. So we launched a pro bono program last fall. Um, and I think we've had maybe five clients right now that we're doing all pro bono social equity um, businesses. Um, it's one of the longest running dispensaries in Oakland. Um, we're doing some work in Santa Clusive. We're doing a, a bunch of other clients, you know, that I don't want to talk about them all, but we've got like I think five or six now that we're doing pro bono. So we're doing their PR, we're doing their social media, their influencer, whatever we can, we have time and time is so valuable as we all know. So we're doing that. And then just really like 
making, you know, we have our own, you know, social media platform, like our thing and trying to amplify the voices of those who don't necessarily have a lot of voices we have. So those are just some of the things we're doing. We always want to be doing more, but those are things I'm pretty proud of because it's not just me. It's like the whole team is doing it together. And um, another thing that we're doing is also, like I said, looking at yourself in, in the mirror. So I think last summer we probably only, I mean, we were, we're still growing. So I think last summer, or last March, we maybe 15, 16 people, or maybe we were 20 people the team, and mostly white people, right? So um, we're trying really hard as we're hiring, because now we're 40 people, to make sure that, mm. you know, we are fishing from diverse pools, mm. right? Because, like, we can go through, like, Indeed or LinkedIn, like, normal things, but, like, if we really want to find, um, you know, you know, Black women, let's just say, or Black men, like, maybe we need to be going to the PR association, you know, that, you know, that those groups that are like diverse, right? So we need to start looking, we need to do the work to look other places because otherwise I'm not gonna, how can I talk about building an industry that's diverse if my own company isn't diverse? So that's been something we've really been um, investing in, just taking the time to do that. And I'm proud to say, you know, we now have a much more diverse um, uh, base than we did a year ago. So, you know, we're growing and hopefully we'll continue when I look at, you know, our website and I see like the faces on it, they don't all look like me. Um, so that's, those are just a few things we're doing. By the way, I talk a lot, if you can't tell. I love it. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I mean, as I talk, more ideas come. So yes, I talk a lot. But those are some of the things that we've done over the past, you know, year. And I want, we're going to continue to invest in that. That's beautiful and so helpful because I think so, I mean, I've had conversations with people, even in my own family, who were like, well, it's such a big problem. I don't know what to do. And it sounds like, in your experience, it's okay, there's a problem. I'm going to learn. Now I'm going to use what I just learned to take the next right step, and I'm going to learn some more, and then take the next right step. And there is change that occurs. You just described to me that your company has essentially doubled in size but it's more diverse now because you have been applying these principles you've been absorbing as you learn more about social equity, the importance of it, diversity, the importance of it. Um, so it's a process and there's there are actual results that you're seeing. And I think that that is so encouraging for people who are in the position to be an ally, but who might be afraid. It's very encouraging to hear that it's not like you you know, we're like, I don't need to change the world. I'm not going to be able to by myself. I'm exactly. just not right. So like, but there are little things like everybody can do something little. Like we're even like fundraising again right now for like a triathlon we're doing for the last person project. And um, I put a post today on Twitter. I'm like, every dollar counts. It's like, yeah, I love when people donate a thousand dollars, but the $50, that was $50 we didn't have yesterday. So I think it's these like small actions. Um, and this is like something that I carry over in my life. And, and most of the things I do, it's like, what's the next logical step, right? Yeah. So like, I think you're right to the point saying like people get frozen because it's yeah. such a big problem. Well, it is a big problem, but like a lot of people doing a little bit can, can make a dent, at least I hope it is, I hope it will. Yeah, I, I think that you are. Um, have you ever, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you face some backlash. I'm curious to know, have you ever been afraid that you were going to be, uh, rejected or perceived as causing, you know, trouble, um, or, or be misunderstood or lose because of your advocacy for social e equity now? And how do yeah. you deal with that? Yeah, so I think it's more, um, like, on the industry side of things, like, I felt very confident being like, 
Um, because I think that I'm very gratified. I think that the industry is really, as a whole, really trying to be better, right? Um, so I, I felt proud to be out there. But like, I think I said, like, personally, I think people were like, where did this come from? Right? right? And yeah, was like a little nervous about it. Sure. Because I, I think it's not because like, you know, I think people are misunderstood. They don't understand where it's coming from, and especially as it relates to people who don't understand the war on drugs, right? They hear like, well, that person was in jail, so they must have broken the law, right? Like I'm a law-abiding citizen, right? Like people know that I'm a law-abiding citizen because I'm breaking the federal law every day. It's a I job know. that I do, right? Aside from that, part, that they're okay with, right? So I right. think, so, uh, you know, like they're like, you know, we're happy to support you, but like that cause and like, they were in other conversations, but I, I hope that more people came around to understand like what we're actually fighting for. So um, luckily I am a talker and, you know, I'm a, you know, I don't do things that I don't believe in. So when I believe in something, I'm just going to go for it. Right. And um, yeah. So yes, like I was a little nervous about it. Like what will like, you know, my friends and my family think, but like, I like to think that I do have a pretty enlightened and um, you know, well rounds and my families, of course, are such open, amazing people, but like, you just don't know, right? Yeah. So a little nerve wracking, but like overwhelming response is good. And you know, this is me and you either accept me the way I am and accept our agency, what we're doing, or like, that's like, I can go to sleep at night with my head on the pillow. Um, and that's sort of like, just how I live my life too. Like I, if I can go to sleep knowing that I've done things in integrity, mm. um, that's okay. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, it sounds like you were sold on the idea and that's what mattered. And yeah, so you just went for it. And right. I like what you said a lot about the overwhelming response being positive. Cause I'm finding that too, that people start off, you know, with, wait, this person is in prison. This is a, even just like with cannabis uh, in general, this is a right. drug. It's dangerous. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I guess I've been dealing with this for a long time. Yeah. I guess if I think about it, why I'm more comfortable, it's like you're working in drugs, you're mom of four. <laughs> you know, like, so like, I, I think that's probably why I had a little more confidence. Like people are used to me being like a little weird and out there with like my life choices, I guess, but they feel weird or whatever it is. Right. So I think maybe that's why I had more confidence to be like, right, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Um, so, you know, you are a founder, you're a CEO, you have, you've built this network there are people who might be listening right now who feel like, well, I, I could never be rosy. Like I can't do that. What would you say to someone who wants to be an ally, but feels powerless or feels like their contributions aren't going to be much because they don't have that platform? Yeah, I, I think it just goes back to like little actions, right? There's always something you can do. And like, if you don't have a dollar to your name, you can go volunteer somewhere, right? Like even like my daughters, who I'm trying to educate on this. So like when there was a lot of, um, you know, when that the horrible incident in Atlanta, you know, at, at the nail salon, you know, where, where those, I think it was six, you know, Asian women were murdered. Um, you know, we have, we have a fair amount of Asians in the agency, you know, so obviously we wanted to reach out and support them. And so we, as a company, like donated to like a soup kitchen in Lower East Side for like elderly, because we know that elderly Asians are really um, targeted. And so like if my, and what I had my daughters do, my daughters actually take Mandarin lessons is like a extracurricular, don't ask for crazy parents, but they do. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna have my daughters write, draw pictures and draw cards, right? Mm -hmm. So like if my five-year-old can do something, which is just writing a letter, right? Or drawing a photo, like to my, so my message is like, anybody can do something. Every little bit counts, I'm sure. Like, and not that we heard back, but I'm sure like 
it was nice for like a, a, a grandmother to get a car from a little girl mm-hmm. saying, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Right. So I think that don't like, it's sometimes easy to feel powerless when like, it's such an enormous, you know, task, but just do something and like, you'll feel better and you'll have more confidence to do the next thing. Right. It's just like, try it. Right. Don't ask, don't get like, just uh, every little bit counts. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's the mentality that has also driven the success in your business. Just try it. Just go for just it. Just try it. Right. And like, yeah. I always say, and this is like more like of a woman thing. Like we have a lot of like this self-doubt, imposter syndrome, am I enough? And I, what I, my message to everybody is that like, we all feel this way. We all feel powerless. So I think understanding that you're like not alone in these thoughts and these uncomfortable feelings and you can, you know, reach out to somebody and I guarantee you. I reach out a few people, I guarantee you somebody's feeling the same way as you. And I think if you can just, we can't do this alone. We need to have a network, right? And it doesn't need to be like a powerful network. It can be a girlfriend. It can be, you know, a, a relative, like reach out and have those conversations. Say, I'm feeling anxious. I know it's not easy to do, but like the more you reach out and ask for help, um, the better it is. Um, so those are just a little bit bits of advice. Mm, I love that. That's so helpful. Um, Rosie, thank you for giving us your insight, your experience. This is going to be really helpful for everyone because like you said, everyone can do something. So if you're listening and you are a founder and a CEO, you're hearing it from a peer. If you're listening as, you know, a kid, you just heard something that a child can do. There's always something that you can do. So Rosie, I just, we, we really appreciate your time um, and your insight. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting let me share. And, you know, I'm so impressed with the work you guys are doing, like really important and impactful work. So excited to see what you guys continue to, to bring to the industry, you know, in the world. So thanks for having me. That's it for today's episode of the Greenlight Podcast. If you support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. That'll help others find us and learn more about social equity in the cannabis industry. You can find out more about Marijuana Matters by checking out our website, marijuanamatters.org. And you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Marijuana Matters DC. Thanks for joining us. Talk soon.